1: Thanks to Will Griffiths for that spirited introduction And to you, dear listeners For tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course But, if you are one, it's definitely the place for you Especially today, because noted film critics Diana Sanger and James Colt Harrison Are here to discuss the 2016 remake of Ben-Hur You know, folks This recent version is uh, just one of many adaptations of Lou Wallace's 1880 novel, Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ. I think the first one was a 1907 short film, and then there was a silent feature in 1925, and uh, the one that I have seen came out in 1959, and it was a gorgeous Cinemascope production starring uh, Charlton Heston, and the the movie actually won the Best Picture Oscar. Um, now, this latest remake stars Jack Huston, In the in the role that that Charlton Heston played, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing Jack Houston because I've had my eye on him for a long time, and I'm so happy that Diana and James can be with us. They're two of our most popular guests, uh, but I know that um, they are a little bit sad today as I am because of uh, Hugh O'Brien's passing yesterday. And Diana and James actually spent practically a whole day with Hugh O'Brien last year, um, in a, around April sometime. And then the three of us were lucky enough to interview Hugh on uh, Movie Addict Headquarters, I think it was on April 15th. He was such a, uh, such a, a wonderful man. He was a humanitarian as well as an uh, actor and so famous for Wyatt Earp. And uh, he will be missed, but we're lucky that we have uh, so many of his uh, TV shows and movies that uh, we can we can enjoy still. Now, a little bit about uh, Diana and James. They're both co-founders of the San Diego Film Critics Society. And Diana founded and operates Classic Movie Guide as well as Review Express, James, as most of you already know, is a film historian, and he contributes reviews to both sites and posts in-depth previews and reviews on his Facebook page. I think we should bring them on right now. They've been waiting patiently in the green room. And uh, ladies first, as usual. So, uh, Diana, are you ready to talk about ben Hur?
2: I could talk about Ben Hur all night in
1: my sleep. <laughs> I thought you could I thought, it's I thought you me so could mad. in fact it's it was surprising. your it was your idea that you were so excited about that movie. It was your idea to uh to have a show about uh, Ben Hur and um uh, I'm so jealous that you got to go on the junket. For this movie, I think James might feel the same way. James, are you as jealous
3: as I am about Diana's junket adventure? Oh, I'm really jealous because I think I should have gone with her. <laughs> we well, always yes, have fun when we go to junkets. <laughs> I know
1: the two of you are qu- are quite a p- a pair, and, and you do you are company for each other on that long trip <laughs> to L. A. But you already know James how jealous I am of you because you live in beautiful La Jolla but let's get down to business <laughs> we're going to talk about Ben-Hur and James as a film historian I think you probably saw the previous Ben-Hur film
3: with Charlton Heston what What was your reaction to that? Uh, I did see that movie of course I was only a baby at the time but I did see it yes. and it was it was just mind-boggling because uh, there weren't that many spectacular movies made during that period, but uh, MGM got their big cameras up and they went to Rome and they filmed this giant picture and, with uh, Charlton Heston, who was a huge star at the time. And uh, so it was a it was a, an event, really. It was an event for everybody to go see Ben Hur, and it was a terrific film.
1: I, I remembered, uh the exciting chariot race. That was the thing that impressed me the most, and uh, it was a very long movie. I think it was four uh, four hours. Uh, how about you, Diana? Did um, you must have been a baby too when that was first one was out? <laughs> well, how did I was you 13, see it?
2: Thirteen when it came out, but I saw it later, and um, you know it was exciting. I mean, um, it it. Of course, there were so many years apart between now and then and what they could do with this one as far as production. But, you know, the story is very similar, and um, I just think this one has just stepped up to our time and what we can really expect to see in films, And which was exciting, amazing production, great casting, and um, really, really developed the story. So I just really like it.
1: So you had good uh, thoughts about the uh, Ben-Hur before you saw the uh, uh, the remake I want to take a minute and let you know that uh, Comedy Concepts is in the chat room and of course that's Nancy Lombardo who hosts Comedy Concepts here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, so welcome, uh, Nancy. You're such a loyal listener. And we have Easy Rider in the chat room. So welcome, Easy Rider. And uh, uh, I think they must be interested in Ben-Hur. So uh, let's ask you, Diana, about the remake. Why do you think, you know, this, we can all, most so many of us can remember the 1959 Ben-Hur. And it not only won Best Oscar, a Best Picture Oscar, but I think maybe ten additional Academy Awards. So, why do you think the filmmakers decide to do a remake now? Well, um,
2: I think it was partly um, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. You know, they're executive producers of so many films now, and of course, Mark with all his TV um, reality shows and. And they just really seek to tell good stories. And, um, you know, it just kind of came up, and they started talking about it. And then Tim, the director, was like, wow, let me think about that. And um, so they just got together, and here it is.
1: And, uh, James, is, do you agree with Diana that that's the reason the filmmakers decided to to do Ben-Hur again?
3: Well, I I can't speak for them. I don't really know why they did. But uh, I think they wanted to go in a little bit of a different direction and sort of update it for today's audiences. And um, the director, whose name is very difficult to pronounce, is Timur Bekmambetov. And he said that they wanted to focus more on uh, in the story about forgiveness rather than revenge. As in the first movie, so they wanted to have it a little bit of a a sweeter, nicer tone to it than the original, which was more about revenge between ben hur and um uh, and Messala
2: and one of the producers um n daniels is his name he he said that the emotional themes of the film are revenge and forgiveness, and that's timeless and He said the characters, what they experience, are relatable today just as they were in the Roman times. So it's just about human nature, and that never changes. So that kind of speaks volumes
3: about it. Right, right. You're right, uh, Diane,
1: yeah. Good. uh, Yeah, well said. Easy Rider uh, said that there were two Ben-Hur movies made in 2016. Now, I wasn't aware of uh, two of them this year, but he says the last – Uh, One that's still at the theater Was the best Except for the Charlton Heston version And he says Nothing will ever beat that Uh, And he did uh, echo What we were talking about It won 11 Academy Awards How do do you think This new version compares With the one starring Charlton Heston Uh, I'm interested in, in The chariot race How
3: that, the comparison There, James uh, I understand that in this new version, they did use a bit of CGI, uh, you know, with the computer-generated uh, stuff, but a lot of it was actual action for real, so they combined the two. I think in the original 1959 version, uh, they didn't have CGI at the time, so it was all shot as it happened, so it was probably a little bit more dangerous uh for of 1959 version. I see. And Diana, and how
1: did you think it compared?
2: Well, they they only did a very little CGI, and the two characters, Masala and Judah, um, Toby and and Jack, actually did their own stunts. There were no stunt doubles. Now, a couple of the other teams that are racing, there's a person that falls off, and there's something, somebody gets run over. Those are CGI, but that's all. And these two guys practiced this for months. And what happened about staging this whole race was the director actually went to NASCAR. Seems totally (laughs)
0: unrelated.
2: And he wanted to know, how can cars turn on the dine? How can cars make these circles? And so he, he... studied all this stuff at NASCAR and came back and then came up with this whole plan of how this was going to work with all the horses and everything. I saw this movie second time yesterday. I was even more involved oh. first because, you know, your first time you're watching and you're kind of caking it all in, but this time it was all about production. And I'm telling you, that was just amazing. The whole theater was full. I stand out listened outside. People leaving said, that was the best movie I've seen in a long time. Even
1: women and young <laughs> kids were there. It was just amazing.
3: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's
1: great. Yeah. That's the that, so I'm I'm concerned when I when I hear you talk about it, and of course I read your wonderful review and and James's equally wonderful review about Ben Hur. Those were the first reviews I read, and I thought, oh, this this film is going to be a hit. <laughs> and then lo and behold out come the 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 negative reviews from the from the critics what what in the world uh, are we in a different uh, par- a, a parallel universe what do you think about that james
3: <laughs> i think we are i <laughs> i i think that uh you know the major audience today is under 25 and this probably uh, on uh first look they probably think oh this isn't the kind of movie I want to see but they're missing the whole point there there is a lot of exciting things in it and uh, good story and of course the wonderful chariot race I mean you can't top that and uh, uh, earlier I said uh, I wanted to correct myself they did use a small amount of CGI as Diana said and it wasn't it wasn't in all the principal big scenes. It was just in some minor scenes like fill-ins, you know. But uh, they, they actually did it right there on the, on the track, and uh, very exciting. And, and the story is good, too. So I think young people should just get off their butts and forget about all these <laughs> explosion movies and, uh, you know, Marvel comic movies and go see something of substance. If
1: they'd named it uh, Fast and Furious Eight or something like that, <laughs> maybe <laughs> the title, uh, the title they'd would have done it, it or they'd or, or it. possibly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah, know. I'm, was, I'm
1: confused about.
3: There was a writer <laughs> in, in England me, uh, named her, Horatia Harrod, who used it on her article. She calls it Jesus Meets the Fast and Furious. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> oh, of, no that, that was the name of. no That was the name of her. Review and I thought that was hilarious. That was <laughs> that's that's a good way to that's a good way to
1: put it. Uh, well, we did find uh, out what the other Ben Hur uh, movie was in 2016. Thanks to Easy Rider, he said it's called In the Name of Ben Hur, starring Adrian Boucher, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Stephanie Barron. And uh, uh, oh, <laughs> Easy Easy Rider knows a lot about Ben Hur. Ben-Hur in 1907 starred William S. Hart. I did not know that.
3: Did you know that, James? Uh, no, not the 1907 one. No, that was a little early, but I, I, I'm I a little familiar with the 1925 one. But uh, Yeah, the That's 1925,
1: 1925 what, Was yeah. Who starred in the 1925 one? Do you remember? I believe it Francis X. Bushman. That sounds... Maybe maybe Easy Easy Rider will put uh, uh, would see we'll see whether he he or she he or she I don't know whether Easy Rider is a he or a she <laughs> so
3: we'll find out if
1: you if if, it if Easy Rider it doesn't matter writer, today it doesn't it matter today. today that's right Ben her Ben him you know for <laughs> gender we're gender accepting <laughs> okay
3: now well, where was this where was this film made was was it a U.S. film or French or you know? it might have been. The name
1: sounds like it. Um, hmm. Yeah, but I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I think Faye never... Ray, Ray, and Francis X. X. Bushman. I think, Bushman, uh, yeah, or among the actors that that were in yeah. there. Well, going back to the new Ben Hur, the two, th- the just the one that we were talking about, starring Jack Houston, Diana. Which actors? do you think gave the best performances in this new version?
2: Well, I have to go with Jack Houston and um, Toby, who played Masala, and Jack playing Judah. I mean, he's like five different characters, Jack Houston, through this whole film. And, you know, a lot of people don't even recognize his name, but he's done a lot of stuff. He was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and The Finest Hour and Boardwalk Empire, Spartacus, The Yellow Birds. You know, he's got a great repertoire and um, when there was some doubt when they first cast him and uh Roma down he said the, he's the perfect man I mean he's he's uh, just born for this role and he brings Judah alive and he said Judah um, he plays he plays a princely Judah you know at the beginning he's a prince and everything's wonderful but then he's uh, accused of a crime and he's thrown in the the galleys and he's hit and broken up and just horrible and then he escapes and then he gets out and he's a he's another character and then he gets into this race but the whole time it's this thing between him and his brother masala because masala was adopted into their family but he was roman and they were jewish and you know pretty soon the two guys are at odds and it's just a it's just a thing about like jim said revenge and and forgiveness and for some reason i think those two words scare off critics i don't know why <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it didn't that, scare us though, did it? it not, you know, like um, uh, revenge or you know forgiveness. Oh no, we don't want to talk about that. It's got to be a bad movie, and it's just terrible that they're um, they're they're doing that because Jack does a wonderful job. I think he deserves an Academy for this role. But of course,
1: well, he's not, he's really quite a quite a uh, versatile actor. When I first saw Jack Houston, he was uh, playing quite a different type of role in uh, M- Empire Boardwalk.
0: Mm-hmm. He played
1: the the actor with the disfigured face, and what a what a performance he gave in that in that series. And then another, the very very different role. Now don't don't laugh when I say this title. It was. Um, Pride and prejudice and zombies. Right.
0: <laughs> and he played yeah, I'm not uh, laughing. He played
1: <laughs> He played one of the roles you know, I mean, it it was very it was very funny, but the actors were played everything so real in that movie, and he was you know just like it was a Shakespearean uh, performance. I mean, he was just he was perfect as as Wickham, and that's it was an entirely different role. So, I'm looking forward to seeing Jack uh, Houston as uh, Judah. So I'm I'm glad that you're you say that he's he's doing a good job in in this. And how how about you, James? Who would you pick out as as giving the best performances in this new uh, Ben Hur?
3: Oh, actually, I I really like Tony Kebble. Uh, i mean Toby Kebble. Uh, I'd never heard of him before. I didn't know who he was, and I thought, oh well, who's this new actor? So I was eager to go and see it, and I see this Toby Kebble. And I thought he did a wonderful job as Masala. He was strong. He was, you know, powerful. He was, he sort of dominated the screen when he was on it. And I, I think he's going to have a good future in movies. He's he's very good, very good.
2: And both of them were well-experienced with horses, which helped a lot. And, you know, Jack's family is heroic, classic Hollywood. I mean, his great-grandfather was John Houston, and actually John shot the Bible at the Sinateta Studios in Rome where they filmed this. And I asked Jack, because they filmed this whole set at the thing also the same set. And I asked him, I said, did you by any chance when you were out there, you know, filming this thing, feel anything about your grandfather? And he says, going in there, I never did. I didn't even think about it, you know. And he says, but there was two points when I was different times. And each one, all of a sudden, I felt like someone was tapping me on my shoulder. And I turned around, and there was no <laughs> one there. And I said, Grandpa, is that you? <laughs> so said, I did. I did connect. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: isn't that, and Angelica Houston his aunt? His aunt? Yes,
2: and, yes.
1: His yeah. nephew
3: or and cousin, he, one of the others. Yes, there's a huge yeah. Houston family. He, he's, her net, he's her nephew, yeah. hmm uh Jack is uh Angelica's nephew. Right.
1: Right, right. So, well, so he's what got a about big,
3: powerful family? What about
1: Morgan Freeman? What what role did he play and and uh Why isn't he getting uh, notices for his performance? Because usually he's the one that everybody, uh, you know, says, well, he gives the best performance. Diana, what what did you think about Morgan Freeman's performance in Ben-Hur?
2: Morgan Freeman is making so many movies and commercials, and I asked him the other day, I said, do you ever sleep? He said, what for? (laughs) 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 Got to make all that money. But he um, he really wanted to work on this, and his name is weird. It's Iderium. He's like a, a sheik that trains all of the the um, chariot horses, and so he's dressed in this deadlocks on his hair and all kinds of, of silly stuff. But you know, he's just so straightforward that no matter what he says, you believe he's that character. So um, he he did a great job in it, I think.
1: Well, he always does a, a great job, and. Um, what do you think about Morgan Freeman in this movie, James?
3: Well, uh, the, Diana's former boyfriend, by the way. Yes, and, I know. Uh,
1: <laughs> I knew you'd bring that up.
3: <laughs> I When I first saw him on the screen with his with that hilarious dreadlock wig he was wearing, it looked like Uh-oh. a Johnny Mop that had been it had been rung out in the desert. I just thought it was hilarious. I burst out laughing. But then after I got into his character, of course Morgan Freeman is one of the best, greatest actors in the world. So I forgave right. him for wearing that funny fright wig.
1: <laughs> I would, I would too. I definitely would uh, would forgive him for that. Well, um before I leave, what's... I
2: would like to talk about um Rodrigo Santoro who played Jesus. Oh, yeah. yes, please do. He's a, a British actor who has lots of film credits in and in, in Brazil, excuse me, in Brazil. He's in Brazil. done a film, But um he was saying, you know, after he he auditioned for the part and then all of a sudden as it got closer to time of, you know, filming, he was thinking what did I do? What I can't be Jesus. How can I be Jesus? What would I do? What was I thinking? And he said, the yeah. night before, now they were filming at this time there in like 20, 30, 40 degree temperatures, so they were all freezing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He said, the night before, he was sitting across the table from Mark and Roma, and he was just agitated. He says, I can't do this. I can't do this. How do I tell him I can't do this? And he said, Roma just looked at him, and she said, you're scared, aren't you? And he says, well... I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. And she said, it'll be fine. You will be fine. And he said the next day when he got on the set, he was freezing. He said, I was freezing so much because, you know, he had on this, that little tarp thing. He was hanging on the cross next to these other two guys. Mm. And he said, um, all of a sudden I was so cold, I was frozen. It was like my body was stiff and would not move. And he said, it was about a minute of that. And then all of a sudden, this calm just came over me, and I said what I had to, and did what I had to. And I thought, "Wow, <laughs> he did a good job." I think as Jesus. Well, that yes,
1: would be a tough, yeah. yeah. That would be a tough part, tough part to play. Uh, and I'm looking looking forward to seeing him too in that uh, in that role. Uh, did you have a favorite scene in the in the movie, James?
3: Well, actually, it. I liked the scene because I thought it was very well done. It was a brutal scene, and that was when they were uh, in the boat, or the galley as they call it, in the boat where he was underneath the top deck, and they were rowing. And uh, it was during a battle, and the boats were crashing into the side, and you could see outside. It was really well done how they... Showed through the boat, and you could see the other boats on the outside crashing into it and the bows and everything. And uh, it was very exciting to see that how well they did that and how awful it must have been for all those slaves in there who would just do nothing but row, row, row all the time. And that was their life. And it was, you know, you know, darn well it was stinking down there because there was no air and it was. Just awful, but I enjoyed that scene because I thought it was very authentically done and well well produced. What? Well, authenticity seems to be what
1: what they were going through, uh, you know, going for throughout the production. Do you you have a favorite scene, Diana?
2: I liked because the whole the whole theme is you know um, Judah against Masala, and the Masala, you know, he's just he gets further and further pushed into the roman empire and made a big guy and so he has you know his heart is just turning to stone and judah meanwhile just even though he's going through really bad things he still wants the forgiveness you know that's his brother and he loves him even though he's adopted he loved they grew up as children together and so towards the end one of the scenes um masala is injured and he's laying in bed and judah comes to see him and and he's okay now and Masala just has this knife out that he's going to kill him, and he just keeps saying, "I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you." And Judah keeps saying, "No, we're not doing this anymore. We love each other." And then there's this whole scene that's just very, very touching.
3: Diane is such a softy. <laughs> <laughs> She's softy. <laughs> well,
1: I I was hoping you'd say that the chariot race, because well, that's, that's the, the one that I'm I'm looking forward to and. I was so happy to hear that they didn't injure any horses.
2: in no no. filming it now. I think in the in the
1: 1959 film, I think there were a number of horses that were killed in yes. you know when they were filming or or practicing for that scene. So um, you know the times changed, thank heavens. And uh, uh, PETA would have been out after them <laughs> if they did something like that. Yes, they were. And well, well they should. But um I I think that that must have been a very well the, the uh, Jack you said was a quite a horseman anyway he knew something about uh, horses and had ridden horses. Uh I think I read that in the production notes. Am I right about that, Diana?
2: Both of them. And so was Toby. Yes, they both were horse people. So they they knew quite a bit about them. Yeah. How to handle them and stuff
1: good good and uh the horse wrangler must have been important you know because they had so many horses that they had to uh, to work with just think what it would be like if, uh, to uh control four horses at the same right. time i mean think about that and then uh, to uh, to race you know to race these horses and control them and go as fast as you can and turn on a dime and that kind of thing it's just uh, I'm just so so excited to see the way see what they did with it in this new, uh, in this new movie. Um, now, I know that, that Ben Hur is uh, more this one is more faith-based than the 1959 one. And Diana, you've spoken a little bit about that, but uh, what message does it does it emphasize? Is it more forgiveness, redemption? You said it doesn't do the the revenge. Uh, yeah, as much um, as the 1959
2: film You know Jesus is the carpenter He's seen once or twice here or there On the streets and he tries to separate You know people from killing each other Or something you know there's a little bit of that And then of course there's the the scene At the cross the main reason for that With this is that Jack's um, sister And mother were he at one point Was told they were dead but not they they were They became lepers and they were Hidden away and so at this point, when Jesus is on the cross, everybody's gathering there, and um, the two of them are healed. And so that's the point, um, that part, and then the whole healing of the relationship between Judah and Masala. I mean, you know, that's what Judah wants all the time is to seek the redemption, and, and you know, finally it happens. And it's not a big deal about it. I mean, it's not like, you know, everybody's going to church or, you know, that, there's so much about mm-hmm. the, Roman, the Roman war and the wars and the this and the that and it's just um, and Pilot and what he does and and all that kind of stuff just kind of spreads out and and evenly and then like Jim said that's part on the on the ship with those guys and the slaves and then how he gets connected with the Morgan Freeman guy and so there's a lot mm-hmm. of angles, a lot of stories and they just. Float real easily into each other It's not like they jump from one thing to another You know, they they just make a great uh, sequence And it's just a solid story That is very entertaining And the production they did Of that whole race Is amazing Just uh, uh, the the arena And how it's projected And all the people in the stands I mean, this was a huge, huge production I don't even know what they spent on it But it was, I know, millions
3: <laughs> A million
1: Well, in that yes. uh, 1959 uh, movie they they made it for fifteen the whole movie fifteen million dollars I think it cost and uh, that was a lot in those days but then it that made seventy five million so it was you know it was a box office success well we're going to take just a little break now and listen to a brief message from a loyal listener and when we return I'll ask uh, James and Diana to share any behind the scene anecdotes about Ben-Hur.
2: Well, I have to leave right now. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks.
2: Hi. Comedian Nancy Lombardo here. Host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right. Every
0: Tuesday at 4 p.m. listening to Betty
1: thanks, Nancy, for that fun promo. We're back live now talking with uh well we were talking with Diana Sanger, and she did have to leave for an appointment. but uh you can tell that she really got excited and learned a lot about Ben Hur at the uh at the junket and we're talking with James Cold Harrison, who is still here. James, do you have any behind the scenes anecdotes about Ben Hur
3: that you'd like to share? Well, I wish I had been on the set, but I wasn't, so it's going to be hard for me to tell you behind-the-scenes things, but well, uh, one thing I did remember reading about was uh, they had a very difficult time finding a place to do the chariot race. They First, they were in Rome, and they wanted to do it in the actual Circus Maximus, and of course, the Roman antiquities people said, no, 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 you'll ruin it, you can't do it there, and so they got rejected from that and I think they even tried uh going out to Palm Springs and the Coachella Valley to some remote area in the in the Palm Springs area and they were turned down there too. They because of the environment they didn't want the hills and the road runners to be stirred up so they got rejected there as well and then I think they went to Montana where they shot something and they shot something in Arizona, and but finally they decided, well, we're in Rome, let's film it in Rome anyway. So they did it at the Cinecetta Studios, where the original one was filmed in 1959. And they made a track there that was about a 1,000 feet long on the back lot. Fortunately, the studio is big. It's like one of the biggest in Europe, and lots of movies have been made there by Americans so they made a track there, and they shot a lot of the chariot scenes uh, there. So they finally got a place to shoot it, but not the real Circus Maximus. That's what they wanted,
1: but they but they uh, but it but uh, but it looked great on screen, right?
3: Oh yes, yes, it looks terrific on screen. Uh, it's a little different if you remember the 1959 version. Uh, there was like a uh there were some statues like in the middle of the track and the and the horses went mm-hmm. around and around that and big statues. I think they were like they were actually built. It was like one of the biggest sets ever built and I think the statues were like fifty feet high but uh they did something similar in the new movie. It wasn't quite as high I don't think but uh they also built some bleachers uh for the extras. They had, oh, I don't know, five to eight thousand Extras cheering them on, and uh, so they built a big section of the uh, bleachers uh, in that. You know, they they didn't build the whole thing, but just a portion that showed up in the film. And so that was kind of exciting. You know, it's really interesting how they do movies. You think you see the whole okay. thing, but only half of it's there. And <laughs> when you get on yeah, the set, on you say, Where Where's the rest of the set? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's
1: it's really amazing that <laughs> they can do all the things that they do you know and and it, it is interesting to find out things about the the making of a movie i uh, I do have more information from easy rider okay and her in two thousand three was an animated version with the nineteen fifty nine actors voices did you Did you see that one james
3: I did not see that, but I've heard about it, and I know about it, and it was a- animated and i I don't know if it was made for television or for theaters, but um did did easy say that what what it was made for. No, but there, I, I do understand that there was an attempt at
1: a, a television series. Maybe, maybe there was a, a television series Ben Hur too. But we'll we'll have to uh, to check on that. Well, back to the 2016 one. Do you think mm. that uh, that there will be any Oscar nominations for this film?
3: Oh, I think de- de- definitely the technical side of the film should be recognized. Uh, I think the costume designer did a fabulous, wonderful job let's see if i can I can't find her name but anyway it's a it's a woman who designed the costumes and I'm always interested in the costumes and the settings and um, and of course, whoever choreographed the uh, the chariot race deserves a big pat on the back. they're geniuses, you know, and the people who work with the horses. The horses are some of the most beautiful in the world. I mean, they certainly picked gorgeous white horses. And the men and women who wrangle them, as they call it, do a terrific job with uh, animals. A- and they don't hurt them at all. Uh, they make sure that oh, they're heaven all fun. <laughs> what.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that, because I was really crushed when I heard that so many horses were were killed and injured in the 1959 uh, version. Is there anything else you'd like to add, James? Um, my goodness, the time has gone by so fast, and it's been so much fun talking with you and, and Diana. Um, anything else you'd like to add about the... Uh, movie or about uh, uh, projects that you're involved in or where people can read your uh,
3: your reviews. Well, they can go to my Facebook page which is James Cold Harrison. That's easy to remember. Go to Facebook, James Cold Harrison, you'll see all my movie reviews, my historical articles, my biographies that I write, uh, lots of things there, but and even uh,
1: some wonderful articles about Carmen Miranda.
3: Oh, yes, I just wrote a, a biography in three parts of Carmen Miranda, one of my favorites, so read that. And There'll I was lots surprised, because hardly it. Yeah because
1: hardly anybody thinks about Carmen Miranda, and she was one of my favorite
3: too, uh, favorites, too. <laughs> well,
1: I do urge listeners to check out uh, James's work on, on his Facebook page. You won't be sorry, but I see our time is almost up, so here's a ba- big shout-out to Diana and James for being such great guests again today and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. Also to our chatters, Easy Rider, thank you so much for all of the information that you uh, shared with us, and I, I really appreciate it. And I hope you, you come come back again. We did have uh, Wild Wild Guide who was in the in the chat room for a while, and of course Comedy Concepts, that's Nancy Lombardo, is still there. Um, I want to mention. Um, well, I want to thank. Uh, Some people that are so important to me Nancy Lombardo George Bettinger And Angela Drake Perry Because they are so supportive For Movie Attic Headquarters They always mention our show On their wonderful radio shows And Nancy as I mentioned before Is the host of Comedy Concepts She's hilarious and it's a wonderful show That's right here on Blog Talk Radio Every Monday and Friday morning At 10.30 Eastern Time George hosts the very entertaining Mom and Pop Shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And Angela is the vice president of the Wacko Network and uh, the very popular host of Wacko in the Morning. And uh, all of these uh, shows of the Wacko Network now air on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. Please come back, folks, next time for another spirited discussion about movies. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at RealtalkReviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, RealtalkReviews.com. Also, if you haven't ordered my new book, Cinema Stanzas, Rhyming About Movies, you can purchase this Kindle ebook for only $3.99 on Amazon.com. Thanks to so many of you who have purchased the book and commented on it. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all for now, folks. Let's go out with my favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood!